Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa Minko, Director of Retail Strategy for Digital Consultancy CINT and Rethink Retail Top Influencer. Joining me today, I have... My name is Ben Kraus. I'm Head of Retail Software at Diebel Nixdorf. And I'm Giri Agarwal, uh, Chief Strategy Officer Incisive. Great. Thanks for joining. We are here at the NRF Big Show the annual conference that everyone looks forward to each year. And today we're going to be talking about loyalty and what it means in the retail landscape at this point. Um, so to get started, what does loyalty look like at each of your companies? From a software side of things, we try to get as much experiences and uh, well options into the physical retailing that a lot of companies are used from the online space. So really enable basically customer bonding on the one inside, but on the other hand, also have it scalable and have it manageable in an economic way. Great. And for you? And from our perspective, we're a research and benchmarking firm. So we track the industry. We're looking for patterns in what we're seeing people focus on. So if you really think about the growth equation in retail, right, the traditional you know, traffic times conversion times average order value times purchase frequency drives growth. Traffic, as we know, is compressed. That's not a growth strategy anymore, right? Conversion's great, you can work on that. But really, if you think about average order value and purchase frequency, those are the two domains for me in terms of the concept of customer engagement and building royalty to drive those specific outcomes. Sure. So let's double click on that purchase frequency because I think that that is kind of the traditional and continually evolving sense of loyalty. And you mentioned customer bonding. I think that is definitely a key gateway uh, to repeat purchase. So. How are you looking forward to kind of hearing more on that topic at this conference and just thinking about brands making sure they do create that customer bond? From our perspective, this bonding is always a little bit in, in tension with the economics of the whole engagement topic. Because in the end, if you run a campaign, great if you bond somebody, but if you don't increase the economic value, it doesn't help too much. So in software getting the cost dots connected between effectiveness and basically the campaign themselves, I guess from our view is key. So as I said, we have always the two dimension. Do you really impact the customer per se in the relationship, but also do you generate the economic value for it? Yeah. Sure. In a sort of nice dichotomy for me, we think of loyalty as the purchase frequency. I was, you know, I mentioned that as a KPI that you want to drive. But at the end of the day, loyalty is an emotional concept. And I think a lot of retailers really think of it as a transactional concept. My favorite example is if I've had nine burritos, I don't want that 10th burrito free. I'll probably get that. You know, I want you to roll the red carpet out for maybe something else. Curate a food experience for me if you're a food retailer, right? And really think about the concept of loyalty. And therefore, for me, what I'm looking for here is folks that are really focused on activating the one big asset that every omni-channel retailer has, which is their people in the front line, and how they can represent and make me make international decisions to shop with you, right? That's uh, the definition of loyalty is standing outside the Apple store for two hours in the freezing cold in January to try out Vision Pro. That's loyalty, right? Disney, that's loyalty, regardless of what's maybe going on right now. But how can a retailer really activate their brand, their people, to make that irrational emotional connection with the shopper? I like thinking about it as a bit irrational. So you mentioned stores. I know we were talking offline before this conversation about stores and online and kind of the convergence and what loyalty looks like there. Do you mind speaking a little bit more about that? 
I guess it's very much about consistency. Uh, one, one is a technical problem. How do you get certain mechanisms that are very common in the online space? How do you get them in a reasonable customer experience into the store? So really bridge this gap between online and offline. And the other thing is consistency. It's hard to explain to a customer why there should be a different loyalty program or a different discounting problem that they know from online compared to the store. So it's also, again, around technology to make sure that you enable retailers to go across these channels to get it in a consistent way. Absolutely. And you mentioned the economic challenges. Just, I mean, we're in a very inflationary environment, so we've seen kind of an evolution of what people are willing to spend. And that kind of goes hand in hand with encouraging them to make some irrational decisions. So how do we balance the challenges of today's economic backdrop with trying to foster repeat purchase and get loyalty? Well, if I'm a little bit uh, provocative, Please. <laughs> don't, don't, don't cheat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the end, I guess a loyalty program or a discount problem is not there to cheat customers. So it needs to make sense for them because otherwise, I guess you lose loyalty because people are not stupid, obviously, and in particular, not if they're under economic pressure anyhow. So in so far, it's again, if you look at it as a relationship, it's balancing between the interests of the retailer and the interests of the customer to create a kind of a win-win situation from that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if I could add to that, I'd Please. say there's there's a polarization of value, right? So look at who's doing well, even in this economic environment, you're going to see either it's going to be the, you know, people at the base of the Maslow's pyramid saying somebody that's actually providing for survivals, providing for, you know, this is the absolute essential, or folks that actually help a shopper self-actualize. This is who I am. Right, I'm going to spend the $90 on a basic t-shirt, uh, right? And I'm going to feel better after that. <laughs> so people do that because if you can connect to them, if you can help them spend their dollar towards the things that truly matter to them, it could be sustainability, ethical practices, luxury brands like Hermes, killing it, right? So I think the economic environment is what it is and that can go up and down. What should not waver is the strength of your brand and your connection with the shopper because you can't invent that when things go bad. Totally. Totally. That's a great point. Were you, it looked like you might add something. Yeah, well, in the, in the end, but it also comes down to data runs again, yeah, because uh, a lot of that can be measured yeah. and, and needs to be also measured in a very rational way. So in the, and this is maybe really this, this tension that on the one side, as I said, bonding is very emotional on the one side, but from an economic perspective, it has also a lot of data behind it. And this is where we come in as a, as a software player in the end to, to get these data or make this, make this data available in a, in a convenient way. Yeah, making it trackable, for sure. Yeah, we just saw in our connected retail report that quality is repeatedly kind of the driving factor in terms of loyalty and why a consumer would repeatedly choose either a brand or a retailer. So this kind of goes back to, you know, making sure that no matter what the economic environment looks like, the product still stands and is still something that consumers really want to buy. And we were also talking about scalability offline before this. So do either of you mind kind of touching on that when it comes to loyalty as well? There have a, a little bit a segmented view into the market because we are working for the really very large multinational retailers. Mm. And there it's also a scalability game. And, and again, it needs to be consistent. It needs to be scalable. We have customers in some regions that, that run 5,000 campaigns a day across very large hypermarkets, so which is a data processing problem to use a very old-fashioned <laughs> term uh, but it's also a question of risk management of economic management of fraud management so there's a couple of underlying hygiene factors that technically need to be in place in order to do this in a very scalable way successfully absolutely yeah and tricky when you're operating in so many different countries different markets for sure 
Yeah, the most scalable asset, back to my point I was making earlier, that most retailers have is their people. So when that system goes down, uh, and it's you know, you're not connected to the cloud, you, you do have that human being in the store. Yeah. And if you treat them well, if you pay them well, if they are tenured, if your attrition issues are solved for, if they can truly be custodians of the brand, you have a highly scalable offline solution. Yeah, plus there you come into a couple of the tricks in physical retailing. You know, there's country, there are laws. If you advertise a campaign, you always need to be able to provide it. That's the reason why we're, for example, offline capital, because otherwise we simply wouldn't be legally compliant or our customers wouldn't be. So it's over. these are the nitty things that you simply execution-wise also need to get right to play these games in big retail. Yeah, some interesting nuance there. And I'm glad you mentioned employees too, because I think when we typically think of loyalty, we tend to think of just the end customer, but there are really two customers here. There's a retailer's employees, as well as their end consumer. Um, so how are you guys thinking about the workforce and the employee front in your loyalty equation? Again, it needs to be manageable. You know, if you, if you look in physical retail, almost around the world, everybody is struggling to have stuff in the store at all yeah. and to maintain them, to keep them, to educate them, to train them uh, with uh, uh, limited amounts of time. So again, there's a couple of very operational factors. And the other one is don't leave them alone in front of their customers something goes wrong because otherwise these are the people that need to deal with an upset customer if things are not working right. So again, there is a lot of execution excellence behind it that's also important for staff. Totally, empowering the staff for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, think of both spectrums. Think of someone like Apple, think of someone like Costco. I mean, people that you think of as having a loyal customer base, but also look at the fact that they have the lowest attrition rates in the industry from an employee perspective. They actually have loyal employees and loyal employees drive a certain sense of ethos. Um, and certainly I think technology has a role to play there is a phenomenal retailer in Chicago called Apt Electronics. I love them. Right. I live in Chicago. I love them. So, yeah. so, right, single store location. Yes. Right, they do almost a billion dollars out of that one store. I didn't really Zero Electronics retailer. And what they do is they simply, on the sales floor, they will arm the sales rep with just basic information. Right, Here's your quota for the month. Here's what the floor price of this item is that you can sell. Here's how many we have in the back room. It's it just basic information to incent people to make a good life and you know not stand in their way but get out of their way and you know you can have a loyal customer base just yeah. as app does and a loyal employee base. Yeah, definitely. I, I love Apt. Apt is phenomenal. And it kind of goes back to the importance of a brand educator as well. And Lululemon was kind of one of the first brands to call their sales associates brand educators, but it's definitely an important facet of the loyalty equation for sure. Um, well, I know we're coming up on time. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about when it comes to loyalty that we didn't cover? So, extremely interesting facet of, of retailing yeah. because uh, again uh, a lot of this stuff has been developed in the online world and it's a little bit a laboratory what's really working the physical work to, to come from a classical stem car to really truly sophisticated uh, loyalty and engagement management so so we believe uh, technology can play a big role there data execution as I said and so far we, we see a big future for that I guess we will see a lot of creative innovation there fantastic Anything else you want to wrap yeah, up Yeah, I mean, with? I'd say the idea of loyalty, especially loyalty programs for lead. First of all, my thing is loyalty and loyalty programs are two different things. Loyalty yes. programs, independent of a strength of brand and vision, yeah. are, in my view, sort of for the weak, right? Which is you're sort of looking for a technology solution for a existential issue. So hopefully you, you solve for that. Then the loyalty programs can be absolutely phenomenal, right? So thinking of loyalty is not just points and purchases and recency and frequency and monetary, but 
things like exclusive hours to access certain items or stores, exclusive product launches, experiences in the store, make me feel good. Right? Why are we in the world where in a grocery store it's five items or less with the slowest line? I'm the one with the biggest basket in the slowest line. You know, make that make sense. <laughs> right, right. It's a really good point. Great. Well, thank you both for joining me. Where can everyone find you once they watch this and want to hear more or listen to this and want to hear more? Well, we are Diebold Nixdorf, who's yeah. upstairs, <laughs> and uh, very, very happy to give more details and get in touch with us. Fantastic. More incisive, which is incisive without an E. You find us there. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.